Episode 981, and this is the Relevant Podcast here in Orlando. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me still from the back porch in South Orlando, Lake Nona, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. Uh, from another part of Orlando for the last time before she flies back to California, Gabrielle Griffin. Hey, guys. And from Paris, France, none other than Tyler Huckabee. Bonjour. Hey, we got to soak this in. This is the last time this crew will be assembled for a while because Derek will be back from travels next week. Mm -hmm. Um, Jamie, I think, will be back next week. I will be gone next week. I'll be in Kenya, so I won't be able to record next week. So it's going to be, you know, the the summer revolving chairs continues. You know, it'll be fun. We're going global. Rolling Magazine's going going worldwide. It's about time. We get variety. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're going to be on three different com- continents. I'm finalizing the travel and stuff for this yeah. trip. Kenya. It's, you know, I, I mentioned yeah. it a couple episodes ago. We're going to see this food crisis up front. You know, the war in Ukraine has disrupted the uh, wheat supply that gets, you know, uh, utilized in a lot of the global feeding programs. And, you know, it's ha- the war in Ukraine is having an impact directly in Africa and some other places. Uh, so we're going to see that. I am flying directly from seeing that on the front lines to Las Vegas, Nevada to meet Jesse for NBA Summer League. I'm not even, there's no buffer. I'm not even like coming home for a day. I'm going straight from Kenya. It's the like, whiplash. I, I, the, the emotional, yeah. moral, like yeah. societal whiplash. Uh, I'm going flight, from yeah. what I'll be experiencing yeah. to then hanging out with Jesse, breaking, yeah. you know, breaking into podcast recordings and hanging out with NBA players in Vegas. You're going to be like mid-conversation with Jesse, just staring off, thinking about everything you just experienced. By Cameron's degenerate friend is like, you know, talking about, you know, what are we going to do to gamble money away next? By Cameron's just looking over the horizon, <laughs> thinking about, yeah, yeah, it's going to, it's going to be quite the palate cleanser for you, but no, but I do think, yeah. do you think that'll be an ethical, do you think that you'll have a little ethical, like, push and pull when you get back there like what will you feel a little well, like, I, a guilt, not, like a little bit of guilt anything, or something it's not anything that jesse and i, yeah. I mean we go for basketball and yeah. we just have fun i know, I know you got doing, being stupid. I'm, I'm not accusing but, anybody but of anything going, untoward yeah. other than like maybe macau or you know monaco i mean like there is no other city in the world other than las vegas that that represents opulence and wastefulness and consumption yeah yeah, it's going to be interesting going from one extreme to the other. You're going to walk away with a lot of perspective. Yeah. A lot of perspective. Yeah, it, it is. It is, all you know, in all seriousness, very sobering. You know, Cameron, I know you and I had the opportunity a couple of years ago to go to, you know, Somaliland to, to look at the uh, the effects of the drought there. And, you know, but but it is it's easy, I think, especially in like an era of kind of American culture where we're constantly looking for the next form of like escapism because there's so much kind of anxiety in the news cycle to just want to filter out you know, difficult things that are happening around the globe. But I think keeping a reminder not only helps build perspective, but also, um, you know, helps us hopefully be kind of solution oriented about global problems while still kind of, you know, maintaining, you know, a a lifestyle where you can find enjoyment of the small things in life, whether it's going to basketball games with your friends or, or just, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, being very, very grateful to have the things that, that we're all afforded in, in the places where we live, you know, Mm -hmm. I was going to say that I was going to say, he's probably going to walk away feeling very 
shell shocked, like you said, Cameron, and then it's going to, it's going to provide you the perspective to be able to be so more grateful for the things that God has provided for you now in your life. And the action that you can take moving forward with the knowledge that you've gained going there. That That's the key is I've, I mean, I've, I, I, over the years, I've seen countless, you know, crises up front. And I, I, I like, I like going to the front lines to learn, see for myself and then come back and tell a story. And then hopefully engaging our audience to go, let's go get involved and make a mm-hmm. difference as best we can, whether using our voice or our, our resources or our time. Um, you know, I've, that's the challenge and opportunity of what we do. I just, I'm literally, that is such a weird yeah. <laughs> getting on the plane and then getting off yeah. the plane. <laughs> like those are such, I, I've, you know, so I've experienced yeah. this before. I've been to summer league before. I've done all this. I've just never done it directly back to back. And that's why I'm actually like, it's a week out and I'm still, yeah. and I'm already mm-hmm. thinking about it. Like, I wonder if this was smart. I don't you're going to look like yeah. Tom Hanks and Castaway for some reason. You'd like it, it's only going to be yeah, a week gone, back. but it'll be like, but it'll be like two years instead. You've got hair down to your waist or a, a beard that hasn't <laughs> been touched at all. Like, Jesse, I haven't seen you in oh fifty years. And like Cameron, we, we just talked. I texted you on the plane to make sure you could rent the airplane at the airport. Into but also too, like even kind of, you know, I appreciate the, 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 you know, what world vision does, because not only do they find ways to expose these, you know, kind of crises that are often, often adjacent to other crises that you, you know, like in Somaliland, like a lot of people are aware of global warming, but some of these, you know, <clears throat> more r- remote regions that uh, are experiencing the effects before everyone else and experiencing the really profound ways, like not only are they exposing it or, or this one, that's kind of a, a crisis that comes sort of secondhand to the war in Ukraine because of the fertilizer shortage that has created a famine. Not only do they find ways to expose those crises, they also find ways to expose the solutions, which for them often works with, uh, you know, often involves working with, people on the ground in those cultures to find solutions that are going to build back communities, but also utilize, you know, kind of local efforts and and, and local workers and and local ministries and local organizations and local community leaders um, to to equip and resource uh, those communities to to hopefully alleviate some of the suffering that's happening in in these kind of, you know, more, more uh, obscure crises, you know? Yeah. I I mentioned it last week, but it's a learning trip. It's not a come yeah. in here with solutions and whatever, but it's like, let's talk, let's learn, let's le- meet with local leadership and then figure out what we can do to mm-hmm. partner with them and help the solution. Because, you know, like this was a unexpected <laughs> um, major consequence of the war in Ukraine. You know, like mm-hmm. the uh, World Food Program is the primary distributor of the of that food on the front lines is World Vision. And so then the primary provider of wheat and grain to the World Food Program is coming from Ukraine, the breadbasket of Europe. And so it's like you disrupt that and it affects continents. You just don't yeah. think yeah. about that, you know, when you hear about the yeah. Putin's political agenda, blah, blah, blah. There's millions of people whose lives are hanging in the balance that are, mm-hmm. you know, a continent away. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to go see that. I'm also excited to see our number one pick, Paolo Bancaro. Tear it up at Summer League. See how weird is that? Like, I mean, literally, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just like I can't be totally excited about seeing our number one pick because this heaviness and then, you know, but mm-hmm. yeah, anyway, it's all good. Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, we talked to Dr. Caroline Leaf. We've had her here on the show, I think it's been about a year, but we have a 
feature in the new issue of Relevant on the connection between mental health, which we talk a lot about, and brain health, brain science. Uh, she's a leading neuroscientist and a Christian, and we talked to her about the connection between our actual brains and our mental health and our overall well-being. So don't miss that conversation. It's coming up later. We're big fans of her. She's brilliant. Uh, but stay tuned. Up next, it's Slices. You're listening to Gorillas and Thundercat. The song is Cracker Island. Hey, that's where I live. Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in. Amazing. Did not disappoint. Flurry of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting. You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen Season 4. Episodes 1 through 3 of The Chosen Season 4 are in theaters till February 14th. So visit thechosenriseup.com and get your tickets now. That's thechosenriseup.com for tickets today. Okay, it's time for... Slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right. So last week we talked about, uh, I, this is sort of a follow-up to last week's slice because we talked about how at Google, they are developing an AI that is so sophisticated that one of the engineers there feared that it was coming sentient and begging for help. It was essentially begging not to be turned off. And, uh, you know, it, it got so intense that this engineer went to the media to, to talk about, you know, the, the, the concern that he had that they were going too far with making AI uh, self-aware. And, you know, there's a lot of pushback. So, 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 to that so, so, story. So I was on a boat in the Caribbean with no Wi-Fi, so I missed yeah. this episode. So this is different than the AI that the week before we brought the information that there's an AI language that had developed its own demonic yes. language and was freaking yeah. out the programmers. Yeah. Okay. So this is different. Yeah. So, so basically the feedback to a lot of the, to those stories, and this is why I wanted to bring this one. It's sort of an in cap to this trilogy of kind of commentary on AI, because I do feel like we've covered this in the magazine, you know, kind of extensively through the years about where does the line between a soul and sort of biological design by God and what we as humans are able to design and merge with that biology when does, you know, where, where does humanity end and sort of technology begin? And, you know, I wanted to kind of bring this story as sort of an end cap to this trilogy about, you know, not just wrestling with things like nano, nano injectable nanobots that can enhance your biology or enhance your immune system or 3D printing that can actually, you know, create new limbs and organs and things like that. But actually, you know, this is trying to simulate self-awareness. And, you know, I kind of want to bring the stories and end cap to these because a lot of the feedback to those two stories about the Google AI technology potentially become sentient and self-aware, uh, but also AI bots developing their own language. There's been a lot of pushback to those stories that look, a lot of the concerns are just completely unfounded, that in no way is this AI actually doing the things that, you know, we're, we're concerned about, that this is just either a degree of fear or kind of media sensationalism. But the reality is that this artificial intelligence will be able to serve humanity in profound ways, basically because of its problem solving ability. Um, but I wanted to bring a story uh, about 
uh, what Amazon is doing with Alexa and, uh, you know, some of their ambitions for it that, you know, to me, this was more concerning, uh, not because of like the evolution of the technology has taken a giant leap, but because of how kind of unself-aware it seems like some Silicon Valley executives are. Now, this story, uh, I'm going to be quoting from the vice president and head scientist for Alexa artificial intelligence at Amazon. We're all familiar with Alexa, a device you can speak and talk to. And and, uh, initially, Alexa was sort of positioned as a virtual assistant, you know, kind of a fun, playful way that you can turn lights on at your house or adjust the temperature or cue up a song or, you know, order a pizza or something. Um, And, and, you know, you know, it was around that same time that Spike Jones's Her came out, which started Joaquin Phoenix as as a guy who kind of falls in love with the Siri or or Alexa-like device. But again, it was sort of it was sort of like lampooning the idea because it seemed kind of so absurd that it could evolve to that point when really these are just helpful little things that we put in our homes to, to make, you know, kind of simple tasks more kind of fun and, 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 and add some humanity. But what the vice president of the AI for Amazon, he recently debuted a commercial at a tech trade show that showed a little kid talking to Alexa and Alexa, uh, he switched it over to the voice of his deceased grandmother. And the kid was, you know, acting basically like he was having a conversation with his grandmother, who's no longer alive. And, you know, the the funny thing is, you know, this at Amazon, they didn't think this was really creepy at all. This is an actual quote from the story. As you saw in this experience, instead of Alexa's voice reading the book, it's the kid's grandma's voice. While AI can't eliminate that pain of loss, it can definitely make memories last, Um, which, again, I guess like that That's seems kind of weird to, 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 to take a deceased family member and kind of use their voice to, to kind of put into this fake robot whose intelligence and feedback is based on algorithms, not actually human interaction. But this was, this was to me kind of the most unself-aware quote, because I think we're all in agreement. That is just, a really creepy idea or is it just me yeah. am i am i being no i, no, I feel it, yeah. i feel like that could be very psychologically damaging can we do it with honestly. ex-girlfriends oh, oh, oh okay too far too far funny you should say so no because that might be better than dating think about it you don't have to go through the hassle of being yeah, in an actual yeah. relationship you can just like talk to the good version of the ex that's great i like can it. you get your father oh, to say goodness. like hypothetically that he's proud of me or something like that with yeah yeah, yeah exactly can you do that yeah that'd oh be- you know what I'm going to program it to be the voice of my ex. She can apologize for everything she never would have apologized for. And it'll just soothe my soul. This will be healing. Yeah. This, this is, is way great. less, I love this is way less creepy. Yeah, this the is dad very, this who is, abandoned yeah. us as a kid can come back and say, I love okay, you. I'm okay. proud of you. This is great. Uh, okay. Yes. All right. Yes. Wait, Tyler, what, what Tyler said, what you were saying about, can my dad just like, can I program it to say, to have my dad say, I'm proud of you or something like that. That is my concern with it. Is that hmm. like, what are the implications of deep fake software yeah. for it to, how is our legal it's system going to catch up with yeah. if people <laughs> use that? When people let us but down, do we saying? can just like, program the robot version of the person to, to not let us down. It's great. We can just live. Great. But what if somebody uses it and programs it to, to, to use it for bad and like deep fake somebody's voice saying something. And even, and even as this show, as this conversation shows, it can get emotionally unhealthy. The implications here. Very quickly. Like, yeah. we'll start, we'll start yeah. to like, it's really shocking. Uh-huh. Gabs, what if you got a voicemail one day from my Alexa, who I programmed to sound like your dad and the voicemail <laughs> tells you all the things you've ever wanted to hear from daddy that he would never tell you. It like, 
It would make your day. You would cry happy tears. It would be lovely. No, I think that would be very psychologically damaging because I know he's alive and he didn't say that. And I don't <laughs> want to hear a robot tell me but, that. But, but you even, know, like that's just. But even like the, the idea of like a deceased uh, a family member, someone that, that you've lost, like yeah. coming back in AI form, I, I, you know, the, the technology is advancing beyond the point of really understanding the emotional and psychological implications of it. But this to me was the kind of most. Uh, Unself-aware quote from that whole thing. He said, "We're unquestionably living in the golden era of H of AI, where dreams and science fiction are becoming reality." And it's like, dude, everyone else is concerned about not dreams and science fiction becoming reality, but nightmares and science fiction becoming reality. Like, it's almost like a lot of the technology that is coming out of Silicon Valley that blurs the line between human artificial intelligence and actual intelligence and and humanity and uh our you know uh, superficial humanity or, or things that we create versus things that we are created for you know while i feel like a lot of the public is sort of openly wrestling with this this quote kind of shows that i don't know if the executives the, the people that are in charge of developing this are really even concerned with those ethics and that's where yeah. i do feel like there is there has to be at some point some field within the church, because if anything, that, 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 you know, despite, I feel like there, you know, criticisms of, you know, different, you know, things within the church, the one thing that I feel like the church has always positioned itself is as an institution that is deeply concerned with understanding the human soul and how, and how we think about what God created us to be. And we are made in the image of God and what the implications of that are. But for, you know, technology to be evolving at a rate where those CERNs are kind of thrown out the window and, you know, it's, it's taking leaps where a kid can talk to his dead grandmother to feel better before he goes to sleep mm -hmm. at night. I do feel like, all right, all right, intellectuals within the church, maybe we should step up to the plate because it's pretty clear these Amazon and Google executives are just flying past that in their efforts to, evolve, to create the next big thing. Yeah, people are going to need some, some counseling after that really launch this it sounds like we all sounds like we all do here regardless <laughs> even outside the ai thing that's, i think that's literally just sort of incidental just yes. about, like, <laughs> fall asleep late at night to say good night to grandma and i'm like if like if you had a program to like be dad or somebody who hurt you be like i'm sorry you were right i was wrong that is so night, psychologically damaging uh, you would sleep no. so great you would, yeah. you would feel you sleep so great but you become a psychopath who's yes. developing an emotional and attachment to detached from reality completely detached from reality oh, yeah it sounds great oh have you okay. seen wally this is the dream gabs sit in a chair all day long everything is just Consumed I'm all for that, mindlessly. but in Wally, they weren't talking. No relationship. Listen, <laughs> I think I think the Wally existence sounds pretty fantastic. We're all just cruising around watching iPad, drinking Slurpees all day. That is way different than creating virtual ghosts that we're hanging out with when we're sad. No, like, think about it. You could live in your little cocoon pod, and 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 just like all your friends and loved ones, or you know, you have other friendships that are all AI. It. It's great. Then just nobody will God ever hurt you it. again. Yeah. You can just live in ignorance. It's great. Bliss. Just what just what God intended, a pain free existence where we don't have to wrestle <laughs> with the big things. <laughs> exactly. Sounds like utopia. All right, what do you have, Gabs? All right. Well, I will lighten things up just a little bit. I mean, sort of. Um, so a new study conducted by Brazilian researchers in the British Journal of Sports Medicine suggests that people who can't maintain their balance on a leg on one leg for at least 10 seconds could be twice as likely to die in the next decade. But people who can balance on one foot are more likely to live longer. 
so this study is saying that basically the test is stand on one leg for 10 seconds. If you can do it for a full 10, 10 seconds, and I'm talking one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three mm-hmm. Mississippi, and you don't have any issues, you're good to go for the next decade. Mm-hmm. I want to know how they conducted this that's, study. That sounds like a bit of a simplification, but I'm going to go with it. I, li- I like it. <laughs> it is a simplification. Make it, make it, make it, make it for the people's. I like the people's interpretation. I, exactly. Of this exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I can give you more context. If you're younger than set, if you are younger than 70 years of age, you are expected as the majority of those at that age to successfully complete the 10 seconds. But if for those older than 70, if you complete it and you are, if you are older than 70, then you're doing better than all the other people your age. I definitely simplified that. But yeah. For the people. I want to know how they conducted this because uh, w- were they having people come into their office or some sort of college lab and with a stop clock, all right, next, 10 seconds, go, 10 seconds, go. And we're going to follow up with you in 50 years to find out who's dead and how you died. Like <laughs> who dedicated their academic life to finding this out? And was this their big reveal? Like, all right, finally, a generation has passed and we know the death rates from those people standing on one leg. Let's reveal it to the world. And it's like, oh, this is kind of funny. You know, like, well, who's studying the, this? The yeah. thing I said to Tyler when we posted this is like, is this feels to me like those studies that say, if you can do 10 push-ups or more, yeah, you're yeah, yeah. 10 times less likely to have a heart attack than somebody who can't do three push-ups, right? And I was like, well, so people are like, oh, push-ups, heart health. No. It's just an indicator of overall fitness. And so like if you have the balance to stand on your foot for 10 seconds, it says that you're probably somebody who walks. You probably aren't in the movie Wally, you know, that kind of, you know. And so it's like just an overall indicator of basic health. And I was like, so what's the big deal? Because we could say that about a lot of things. Tyler said it was deeper than that. I mean, the science went well, a little deeper well, about the study- balance or something. Yeah, I think it, it's at least a little. They found a stronger correlation between longevity and balance than they did between muscle strength, aerobic fitness, and there was one more thing. I think flexibility. So, so I think it's probably like a yes and thing. Like what you're saying is true. Yeah. Yes, the healthier you are, right. the longer you're going to live. Duh. But balance may be a stronger mm-hmm. indicator of overall health than we previously understood mm-hmm. prior mm-hmm. to this study. Does that make sense? That might be a... That's probably still you an oversimplification of it. The healthiest family I've ever met, the Flying Walendas. They are phenomenal tightrope uh-huh, walkers. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. They yeah. live yeah. to be Living 117 be. years old on average. It's yeah. unbelievable. So, so, yeah. so that's why that's why I long ago, I stopped doing regular workouts. There's no CrossFit in my house. There's no running. We're hopscotch family. And we are going to live forever. <laughs> we walk on tippy like, toes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start the world's first hopscotch gym. Come here and extend your life. That's the pitch. Five minutes of hopscotch a day, you'll be just fine. Yeah, you just gotta start way, doing Jesse. it. They, you see hopscotch. You know, you're walking down the street. You see like chalked outlines. You know, some kids must have been playing hopscotch here yesterday or something like that. Just start doing it. You never know. Never miss an never, opportunity. Never, yeah, yeah, never, never let one of those slide you by. It might be. It just might be what saves your life. I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take people up on it. <laughs> Even if you got like your suitcase, you know, your briefcase, you're going into the office, you got the full suit on or, or you got the heels, mm-hmm. the pumps and the and the, and your like business skirt. Don't let that stop you. In fact, I would say that's probably even a better sign of how well you can balance if you can do it while in business, in business wear. That's the thing. It's impossible to see someone hopscotching and be like, that's, you know, your mood's not, it's like, there's two things that will automatically change your mood. One is eating an ice cream cone. 
for the you could be having a really bad day while you're eating that ice cream cone. Everything's just all right. If everything feels unless fine, you're you allergic know, just to for, dairy, yeah, and then and then you're in for a very bad day. That's true, Gabs. Thanks for bringing it down. Uh, but, but if you see someone wow. hopscotching, they could be having their worst day of their life. But it's impossible to hop on one foot across numbers at a children's design and not look happy for just a minute. You know, I think they I think Three they should things. put those in like, counseling. Jesse, yeah. You're forgetting the third thing that will immediately change your mood, and that's if your grandma says hi to you over your Alexa speaker, oh. saying that she loves you and she wants you have a good day I'm that sorry. immediately smile on your face I'm Thanks, sorry. That, that would be pure terror pure terror for me if all yeah, of a sudden my Alexa device starts talking to me and my grandma my grandmother is alive and I would morning. still it's be like, terrified if she if it's coming out of a peanut butter sandwich <laughs> Hi, grandson. <laughs> We're about to leave. It's like, did you get your lunch box? Like, what? Did you pay the electric bill this month? Oh, yes. All of a sudden, it's oh grandma. Gosh, grandma. Grandma, thanks for the reminder. Grandma, you're really on it. I'm actually really thinking about how this could be. It could be used as like a therapeutic tool to like work through an issue you had with somebody before you. Really? That's what I was trying to say. It. Like, okay. it could heal all no. these uns. Absolutely, absolutely I'm just saying, not. look, I'm trying to find the good. I'm trying. <laughs> There's no good. I'm kidding. There is no good. This is, yeah, this is a yeah. threat to yeah. your argument. Very human. Yes, yeah. I agree. All right. What do you have, Tyler? All right. Well, I'm going to, I've got, I've got, so I got a good story. You know, we do, I, I think we, we've addressed this before. Sometimes, sometimes we kind of rag on the church a little bit. We, we have some like kind of unfortunate stories about the church. Well, I came across a story that I thought was very positive this week and I wanted to share it. Hopefully maybe inspire some other churches uh, to f- sort of follow suit here. Now it starts off with some bad news. I don't know if you guys have heard about this. I don't know if you watch the news, but gas prices getting a little are, are kind of going up. There in the U.S. is my understanding. Is that correct? Is that my? I haven't been there. I can't speak to it. This is all secondhand information. But it sounds like you people, are telling me it's getting harder to fill up the tank. I haven't been to a gas station in years. Yeah, so yeah. If you got, if you got a Tesla, you're doing pretty good. You don't need to worry about that too much. <laughs> but but some pe- some people who may have pickup trucks on this podcast, big big gas guzzlers, might oh, be finding yeah. a little bit. Might be finding a little. Might find it kind of tough to keep it on keep mm-hmm. it on full. Is that correct? I, I've we convert, do have I've a pickup been, truck driver and a Jeep driver on this podcast. Yeah, yeah my husband's mine. my husband's got a truck and we have a Jeep and we're at seven dollars a gallon at a, at the station near Ugh. our house Unpleasant. in Cali. Um, That's in Cali. Here, I came here and I was like four four dollars and fifty seven cents. This is amazing. I want to go. I, back. I converted mine to run on nothing but pecans. So I'm trying to do something right for the environment. The, the sad thing is pecans. Are about twenty five dollars a pound, and uh, I'm spending <laughs> way more on pecans than on gas right now. So it was a, the conversion yeah. was 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 ill timed. But the science uh, was imp- that, science is impressive. But it what are we going to bring backwards. down the price of pecans? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you step backwards. You have paying way more, and it's actually much worse for the. You say pecans, not pecans. I say pe- I'm a pecan guy. I say like pecan. I, I say I'm a I'm a pecan guy. I say pecan. I legitimately thought you meant like pecans, like peas in a can. Canned peas? <laughs> Pe- pecans? I legitimately peas? thought you meant canned peas. And you know what, Jesse? Again, I didn't question it. I just accepted it. If it ran, Good. if you're a car that runs, I'm just putting in full canned vegetables down the. Down <laughs> cans of peas. <laughs> I mean, that would be much that better. Would be that would be I, I, I converted my car to run on pecans, I, not I, canned I peas. <laughs> but specifically, he inserts the entire can of peas, like uh-huh. jolly, pecans, and, it, it, and if and if I really wanted to run good, it's the super premiums of Jelly Green Giant <laughs> brand, and I just dump them right down there. I know we're in a global food crisis, but I'm powering my truck on edible 
piece. Is it? Is it like? How did you configure it? Is it like a tube, like at the bank drive-through, where you stick the pecan into the tube and it sucks the whole can down, or unfortunately, pour the can into the? Unfortunately, gas tank? filling up the tank takes all afternoon because I'm opening. You know, my wrists are sore because I'm just opening can <laughs> after can. You're manually opening honest, every yeah, pecan. Yeah. You know, it's one thing at Costco, they don't sell an industrial size. It's gigantic cans of peas. Nobody wants them. Mm. Nobody has a need for a giant can of peas. So I'm opening them. Basically, these are tuna fish size cans here. Uh, it's, it's, it's quite the process. I would just but love to know the efficiency. I mean, does your car run longer? Do you have to fill up often or is it? It, it breaks down all the time. It breaks down all the time and it smells <laughs> terrible. Uh, uh, peas don't keep very well, and when they go bad in the hot summer, <laughs> sitting in a gas Gross. in a fuel tank, <laughs> you can smell it three blocks. Well, you can smell me coming. You can smell me coming. But hey, we're all doing our part. We're all doing our part. <laughs> Just green smoke billowing out the back of the truck as it goes down. <laughs> Just coughing out the back. <laughs> green smoke. <laughs> yeah, I mean, traffic isn't a problem anymore because people clear the way like miles in advance. Like, what is that smell? smell you coming. Like old rotten peas. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Just uh. Build up last week. Do and, old rotten you know, peas have a smell? I don't even know. Rotten vegetable oh, stew oh, leaking behind you on the street. You can follow you. Cameron, they have a smell. <laughs> <laughs> I can answer I that question this. for you with divinity. Oh, yeah. Very distinct. Last year, last year I, I, there was this stench in my kitchen. I couldn't figure out what it was. I uh-huh. thought something died in the roof or something. It was like a terrible stench. Mm-hmm. Come to find out, I had a potato. Like I had bought a bag of potatoes Oof. I forgot about Terrible. and they were sitting on the shelf and they were rotten. Ew. Have you ever smelled rotten potatoes? Ew. Yeah. It smells like yes. death. I, so I'm assuming your car yeah. smells similar to that. Yeah. Yeah, All but right. add peas to the mix. Um, <laughs> Ew. <laughs> add, everyone's anyway. add, 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 add a food that doesn't gross anyone out. Melted peas stew. And then, you know, <laughs> and then make sure it's rancid. All right, time to go. Anyway, anyway, so gas prices are going up, and uh, and as we know, and uh, I was I was very encouraged to see multiple reports uh, over the last couple of weeks of different churches who have found innovative ways to make sure that people in the communities are uh, are keeping their gas high. One particularly good story. This comes out of Louisville. Uh, a guy by the name of Pastor Garland Smith at Lone Wild Worship Center was able to uh, was a, he provided twenty five dollar gas cards for the first two hundred takers of the church's parking lot. But 25 bucks, you know, with gas prices being what they are right now, that's not a, that's not a, a whole nice. lot. In fact, they had so many takers that they quickly ran out of, uh, of the gas cards. But wouldn't you know it, the rest of the church was already there and ev- they were able to contribute together. They were able to pitch in their funds, make sure that every single person who showed up was able to leave with a full tank of gas, but even after the gas cards ran out. So that was really cool. Similar stories in, uh, in Danville, Illinois, where they gave out 110 free gas cards that filled the people's tanks. Uh, there was a church in Decatur. They handed out 400 gas cards uh salem baptist church in omaha handed out a bunch uh the pastor there the music minister said our commitment is to this community and to make sure that they know that we are there for them that we love them and that we support them so that i think that was a really cool encouraging story it's a, it's a need that everybody's feeling and, and gas is people you know for a lot of people gas is their livelihoods gas is groceries yeah. gas is how you get to work like you need you need gas to to live in the u.s 
So if if you're able to find a way, if your if your card doesn't run on on pecans and uh, and you're you're looking to provide for your community and you got a church, uh, rallying together to get some gas cards for for people in the community would be a great way to use. Your I'm resources. glad this ministry. I'm glad this ministry is going well because in my area, my personal ministry to my community where I'm giving out free P cards is not going well. I think it's a marketing problem. I think if people knew what I was actually offering. It might make a difference, but you know, <laughs> n- right now I'll just say there's no takers. And I think the smell's got yeah. something to do with it. No one's coming by my house anymore. Yeah, the driveway is a big stink bomb. Oh, but Tyler, that gave me goosebumps. What a blessing. Like yeah, those cool churches story. are changing lives. That's cool. awesome. Cool story. Go churches. It was, it was yeah. very cool. All right. Well, that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Dr. Caroline Leaf joins us. listening to willow the song is maybe it's my fault probably is well relevant has a lot happening this year and we don't want you to miss a thing make sure to sign up for our newsletter right there on the front page at relevantmagazine.com and we'll send you our top five trending stories sent to your inbox every weekday we'll also send you a weekly uh, podcast newsletter with the latest episodes some uh, fan extras and first peeks at the new shows that we're going to be rolling out throughout this year. Make sure to sign up. It's the best way to keep in touch with everything we got going on. Dr. Caroline Leaf has spent the last 30 years researching the mind-brain connection, uh, the nature of mental health, and the formation of memory. Throughout her years of clinical practice, she's helped hundreds of thousands of people learn how to use their mind to detox and grow their brain to succeed in every area of their lives including their spiritual lives. Our very own Tyler Huckabee talked to her about her research, the overlap of science and spirituality when it comes to the brain and why Christians have a biblical responsibility to take their thought life seriously. Here is a part of our conversation with Dr. Caroline Leaf. Can you tell me what what actual was the actual inspiration for you to start working on this book? It's been an inspiration for almost four decades now because I've been in the field for four years, forty years now, almost 38, 38 years. I've been researching mind, mind and brain, mind brain connection in terms of helping people with from traumatic brain injuries to Alzheimer's to learning disabilities to suffering from trauma and war trauma, sexual trauma, you name it, just basically helping people to manage their mind. And it's, and it's translated from the big stuff like that into just the daily stuff of every, if you're human and you're alive, you're experiencing life through your mind and you can't get away from that. So can we manage that process? And that's been a big overarching question that I have been searching and um, researching to find the answer to. So I've really been looking at what is mind, what is brain, how does mind and brain relate, what's the mind-brain-body relationship, 
how what is the sort what are memories and how can we put this all together and do we have a level of control over that and what is that and how and that's where you know this book is is, is basically my 19th book and it's come out of it's my most updated research as scientists you always have to keep doing research and making sure that you're up to date so I just the clinical trials and the most recent updated version and my more, you know, more insightful version is in this book and the most updated developed system of how we manage our minds called the neurocycle is in this book as well so it's and it's very practical there's science but the science is science is so important because it provides the foundation and the knowledge that we need in order to develop the skill and if you present science correctly and if you show people the link between science and them you're going to shift attitudes and when you give people knowledge and you shift attitudes and you give them skills then you'll see behavior change and so the book's been written you know to help people to really you know get their minds under control one of the overarching questions people always ask me is my mind feels out of control how do i get back in control and that's pretty much what i teach people to do i'm curious where do you see in your experience in your research where do we tend to go wrong when it comes to controlling our minds we i we and i felt this myself the feeling like you can't get your thoughts under control um where do we tend to make the most common mistakes with that well just the the statement that you made now is one of the most common things that people will say and will say to me is that how do you get your mind under control how do you get your thoughts under control well the the these the thing the answer is you can and the answer is it's a skill that you develop and the answer is it takes if you're going to have to make the effort to develop it and know what to do but it's not something that's taught you know we taught how to eat properly we taught how to exit we all understand that you can't just become an athlete overnight that you've got to go and train to become an athlete and you've got to go to school to become educated that's all mind driven all of those are mind driven what we not trained to do is to actually develop the mind to be able to do all of those things efficiently and to keep our emotions and our and the way we function healthy so we're using mind to go to school we're using mind to eat we're using mind to make decisions about what to eat and to exercise but are we ever developing mind that's behind all of that and because mind is also involved in the relationships and in the work environment and in everything the reading of the instagram they're, they're responding to the, the political situation etc etc so there's a constant mind that never stops so yes you can control it and it's the basic premise of we can actually learn to capture thoughts literally all thoughts can be captured and as you capture a thought you can then analyze the thought we, we're able to do that so that ability that we have to stand back and observe is self-regulation and that is absolute key in getting ourselves into a state that we can actually change our mind and get those thoughts you know the ruminating and the overthinking and the feeling like ah i can't do this anymore and burnout and toxic thinking and anxiety and depression those anxiety depression toxic thinking the, the all the emotions associated with that are warning signals they're not illnesses if you're human you're going to have anxiety you're going to have depression you may even have psychotic breaks these are all just where our mind is battling to cope with maybe the traumas the um the, the all the different experiences that we have from the really bad traumas to the acute traumas things that suddenly happen to the established traumas to the toxic habits that we've got into like toxic patterns in relationships or toxic belief systems that we've been have been ingrained in us from childhood and then influence how we function and all that kind of stuff so all of those are influencing and all of those are real they're not just these ethereal things every experience is experienced through the mind and i can't stress this enough because in order to manage it you really have to realize when we talk about self-regulation we are talking about 
examining the thoughts that are in our mind and fixing the thoughts that are affecting us and that we get stuck and ruminate and continue with toxic habits where our relationships are affected because of some sort of traumatic abuse in the past or something like that. Self-regulation is that process. And we see from neuroscience that you can do this every 10 seconds. Now, I don't mean you must put your timer on and, you know, every 10. I mean that you, it means that we can be consciously in a state of awareness. We can live in the state of awareness that I described earlier on where I'm observing myself. We can train ourselves to be in that state. And that's the first kind of, that's the overarching premise. To develop that self-regulation, I've developed the concept of the of the neurocycle, which I talk about in the book. And the neurocycles is this way that we do that. It's, the, it's not replacing therapy or a, a, a technique or something. It simply enhances that. It's for any person, whether you're one years old or whether you are well, three is kind of the youngest that we've taught it in a very simplistic way. Although I've used the principles on as young as one year, one year olds in therapy. And my oldest patient was an 82 year old. So it doesn't matter what age you are, you still have a mind. It's still working. So we need to from very early on learn self-regulation and learn how to stand back and observe our own thinking, which and thinking, feeling and choosing behaviors, et cetera, which is basically what the neurocycle does. So it's a systematic, deliberate and intentional process. I've taken something that we do non-consciously, which is the, um, which is, which is the driving force behind our conscious mind. It's always going 24 seven on unconscious mind where all our thoughts from in the womb are stored and all the changes and everything is belief systems. Everything's in there. And that, that, what we're doing is that there's this five-step process is happening on the non-conscious level. So I've made something that's non-conscious conscious. I have a lot more mental peace because I know how to clean up my mental mess very quickly. And that's what happens. And it's less, it, it, it gets better and better all the time. So people often say, don't you ever, you may never argue, you never this. Of course I do. I go through all of those, but I can catch it faster and it's less and I get out of it quicker. And that's the big difference. I think that a lot of people are going to hear what you're saying. They're going to resonate with it because uh, they want that. They know they want that, that sort of control and that happiness. Yeah. They're going to hear the the 63 days and the five steps, and it's going to sound like an overwhelming amount of time. Like They just aren't going to feel like that's a... It seems from this side of it, sort of like an enormous amount of effort to put in. What is, what do you say to that person who's like, I just don't think I have the energy, especially maybe in COVID, I'm depressed, I'm tired, I've got kids, I'm homeschooling, I don't have time for all this right now. My answer to that would be that then you're just never going to change. You're going to stay, you're going to get more and more tired because you're not dealing, those things that you're not dealing with that are making you feel like this are increasing your toxic load in your brain and your body and are increasing your exhaustion. So this is a way that you can decrease your exhaustion. It's a 15 to 45 minute time that you give yourself that you, and these five steps are not difficult. You just literally follow them step by step in the book, use the NeuroCycle app with it. And I walk you through a process of how you get your mind under control. People will, people will go to the gym and work out at the gym or work out at home, wherever they're working out at the moment. And they understand you can't get good straight away. It's going to take you a while to build up to being a marathon runner. This is the same thing. So that if you, if you don't do it, that's a decision. 
and and it's a decision that is toxic in itself because it's going to increase you, that stuff the toxic stuff there is creating such a load on your brain and your body that your cortisol levels are not going to be dropping your inflammation is not going to be reducing so you'll feel worse so 63 days is not a lot of time if you break it down into the fact that you're going to let's take the minimum amount it's 15 minutes you can easily find 15 minutes in your day and it's 15 minutes away from your kids away from anyone it's your time it's self-care this is self-care this is mental self-care this is renewing of the mind this is this is a form of prayer if you're going to pray use this this is people talk about praying the bible talks about praying continuously the bible talks about renewing your mind renewing is present continuous you're supposed to be renewing your mind all the time what i've just described with the neurocycle is how to renew your mind the bible also says bring all thoughts into captivity i'm telling you how to do it so if you say i can't renew my mind i can't bring all thoughts into captivity you're basically telling you know taking all the philosophy of, of what you believe and saying i can't do it so here i'm saying no you can do it you can renew your mind it's, it's actually an instruction that we have so here i'm giving you the tools to do it and in renewing your mind you get renewed energy you bring brain and body health back you bring mind peace back you bring that sense of peace and happiness you get into that mental space where you can connect with God. Otherwise, people are in the situation where they're using God as a genie and taking scriptures as a band-aid, whacking it on and saying, okay, 10 scriptures over this, or I'll pray a little bit. Oh, I still feel so. Here is a way of praying continuously. Your active reach could be a scripture, but at least you do the five steps so that you pray continuously. Being in that state of constantly accessing the wisdom of God, think of it like this. If you're supposed to be praying continuously, which is an instruction, and worshiping God, by you self-regulating to get into that wisdom mode, which is your get in touch with your wired for your your uh, made in God's image mode. What I'm saying is that you're actually training yourself to talk to the Spirit of God 24/7. That's essentially what this is teaching, which is what the Bible tells us to do. So here I'm giving you. A, there's my answer. Here's how you want to know how to do it. Here's the science. Science is from God. Science and spirituality are the same thing. Science comes from the word sclero, which means knowledge. God is the source of all knowledge. So science is how we understand how to do and, and, and function. That was Dr. Caroline Leaf. Make sure to read our full feature with her, our full Q&A with her in the summer issue of Relevant. It is out now. You can read it at relevantmagazine.com. It's presented by World Vision. And make sure to check out her latest book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess. It is available now. All right. Stay tuned up next. And you'll see what's going on. Can you imagine what a freedom, but afraid of a repentance with no repair? They love it. I am crossing the borders. My freedom's too important. I am walking on water. I am looking for the Jordans. Some go up north. Some are heading to Africa. Some stay in the South. Political ambassadors. Some chase the go rust. Some go up to Canada. No matter where we go, know the haters coming after us. How you built the house still feel like an orphan. How you live in ugly times and stay gorgeous. We deserve some gold, I'm feeling no guilt. Minor reparations for that empire built better that there You're listening to Show Baraka. The song is Where Do We Go? All right, well, you know, to wrap up the show this week, I thought it'd be fun. This is the last time this collection of people in this these locations will be together, probably for a very long time. And so I thought it would be fun to pull out the old table topics and get a get to know this collection of cast members here for a couple of minutes. Is that a good idea? Great. You guys down for <laughs> some, uh, yeah. Get yeah. To know your questions. Bring it on. All Bring right. It on. Here we go. Uh, this is for the group. What pushes your buttons? Jesse, we'll start with you. What pushes your buttons? Uh, what? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm pretty easy going person. 
I, yeah, I would are. say what what I, I, there's not a whole lot that really you know uh, yeah. uh, really gets my goat. Other than I think I think when I see people, I think impatience with people who are trying their best. You know what I mean? Like you, yeah. you always see those stories on you know where, where someone's like giving a cashier a hard time. Listen, I, I think may, obviously I have compassion, but also I'm a chatty person. I go into stores and I I chat up, I chat up the 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 cashier or the waitress or whatever. I like talking and and it, for me I just can't relate to people who don't like a good combo, you know? I'm never in that big a hurry, you know? My car's out there idling on canned peas, okay? The more I burn <laughs> off in this parking lot, the less stink I'm bringing back <laughs> to the neighborhood. So let's spend all afternoon talking here. Take your time ringing me up. That pushes my buttons. And I would also say not just injustice, but specifically people in power like causing harm for people not in power. I've, I've noticed that about you over the years mm. as well, that that's something that really riles you. Oh, up. yeah. Yeah. Sure. I, so. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Did Tyler, what pushes your buttons? Um, Gabs, I'm, you kind too. Of, yeah, I'm, I'm also pretty, uh, I, I think, I think, uh, you know, one, one that, uh, th- this is mostly something that happens online, which this might surprise you guys. It, it's sometimes it's kind of easy to get angry online in situations where you wouldn't necessarily get un- angry in real life. Uh, but what, one thing you see every now and then online is if you state your opinion about something that maybe runs a little bit, uh, you, you, if people disagree with you, instead of just saying, I don't really agree with that, I'll get like my Christianity called into question or my faith. You will be like, well, if you read your Bible or, or, uh, these people just hate Christians. There's no other, you know, I, that's something you get a lot and it, there's, appears to be no room for like, well, well, I, I am a Christian and I still think this and I'd be happy to have a conversation with you about it. But it, it, that really, I think it just hurts, you know, it hurts my feelings. My faith is important to me and to just pe- see people assume that that wouldn't be it, that my opinion about something wouldn't be coming from not only from good faith, but from my actual faith mm-hmm. is, is mm-hmm. can really make me mad in a way that is usually a sign that I need to log off. Or people like blame the media for something. I'm like, well, I kind of work in media, you know, like that's, yeah. that's what, like, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, well, I'm glad you said it because like people act like the media is like this big monolith and it's like, dude, yeah. you can read whatever you want. Any opinion you want is out there. Like, who are you yeah. referring to yeah. with like the capital yeah. M media? It's like, dude, like the, the argument makes no sense. And plus, you know, we have social media, we have uh, television, we have the internet. Uh, that that bothers yeah. me too. It's like Newspapers, the media's yeah. fault. It's like, guess what? The media's publishing what people want to read. That's the business model. It's to gain audience. So if you got a problem, yeah. maybe it's uh, your reading habits, not necessarily the people who are trying to make a living by providing you with content that you want to consume. You know, I, I had a, I was, I was visiting. I'm trying to find a church here in France, and Liz and I visited the church over on Sunday. Uh, that that was very good. And we we had a good time there, and it was it was uh, it was really cool. And this this maybe happens in Paris. And somebody if if somebody who's listening to this has spent more time in France, they can correct me on this. It seemed like it was unusual to everybody, so I think this was this was strange. But during the pastor's sermon, uh, he was the, our pastor was talking about sort of the negative reputation that Christians have in some circles for bigotry and and as being sort of uh, you know against the poor or against certain r- racial or ethnic minorities, and it was talking about this and somebody raised their hand in the congregation have you guys ever been in a church where where somebody like raised their hand during a sermon to offer pushback no. It didn't seem like that kind of church. It felt everybody was very everybody. It threw everybody off a little bit. But a guy, but yeah. a guy like raised his hand while the pastor was talking. And the pastor called on him, and th- this guy said, "Well, don't you think that's just because of all the lies the media tells about the church?" 
And uh, and that was like very strange to see, you know, and, and right there. So I feel attacked because I feel like well, I'm a member of the media. But the pastor, I, I thought, handled it very, very well and was pretty smooth with it and and uh, said he wasn't trying to assign blame to anybody, but was just trying to help us learn how to take responsibility for ways where we've gotten it wrong in the past. So I appreciated it. But that was uh, but I realized then like how that I've grown pretty sensitive to that sort of media, yeah. any like media framing, like the media is bad. Uh, because of some of the reasons you talked about there, Jesse. Yeah. Gabs, what pushes your buttons other than your mom? Gaslighting. Just can't stand it. I'm big on, um, I'm big on, I'm really big on honesty and do not like when I see manipulation happening or any of that stuff. So that, that really grinds my gears. <laughs> <laughs> grinds your gears. That's because you were putting pee cans in your car. And no, not that's Jesse, gasoline. not me. That's <laughs> yeah. Jesse. But yeah, I might be right well, there with I, you, Jesse. I, I converted your car <laughs> without you knowing as a gift wow. to you. And really I boxed it. Gears when I boxed do that. it, and the transmission uh, somehow got ruined. Uh, That's PG totally okay. I will just walk. I'll just I walk. Mean, it's okay. Yeah. It's You're still runs, to, but you have to shove rotten tomato, rotten potatoes, rotten into the potatoes. Oh my goodness! You just have to like grade it. You have to grade it in. Over the <laughs> I'm going to start a website called Rotten Potatoes. RottenPotatoes.com. <laughs> I think it'll catch on. Oh. <laughs> All right, uh, quick lightning round. What's your nervous habit, Jesse? Go. Uh, n- nervous habit, probably uh, sc- doom scrolling on on social media. Uh, like, oh, things could be worse. Yeah. Oh, look at this crazy headline. Yeah, prob- yeah, I probably spent too much time doing that. Tyler, uh, like nail stuff. Like, like I'll bite. Like I'll bite nail. If I'm getting Nails. stressed out, yeah, I'll go for the fingers. Mm-hmm. Gabs, you other than your Tourette's, what's your nervous habit? Uh, I disassociate. <laughs> I'll just like check out or like you're I just get really quiet. Yeah. Like, like you're if about I get, to go like, really on to your ballet recital and you're just like zone yeah. out. Yeah. So, so I'll just like put like for the Enneagram nine, I'm an Enneagram nine. So I will just go on autopilot and just get through it and hope it goes well. <laughs> All right. Lightning round number two. What do you hoard? Jesse, you're up. De- definitely old t-shirts, but I'm like cool retro t-shirts, but ones that I get at like, get like I have like ones from like intramural sports in college or, you yeah. know, I like I have, I, I literally have an old t-shirts from like the relevant games, 2008, where like the staff yeah, would play games. That. We all wore matching t-shirts. Like I have in my closet, I would say about 50% of my closet. It's t-shirts that will never be worn again, but they hold some weird memory. And I just refuse to get rid of them. I'm an old t-shirt herder hoarder, because if I, I know if I brought them to a thrift store, people would be like, they would automatically go in the bin where they just recycle the shirts into like rags to mm-hmm. like clean you know, mm-hmm. old tires or something. And I can't bear that to happen. I can't bear that to happen. I'm the only one who cares about this shirt, but I will keep it forever. It's definitely old mm-hmm. t-shirts. I, I, I'm the same way with old magic Orlando magic t-shirts and stuff and, and Legos. So I would hoard Legos and, and magic memorabilia. Uh, Tyler, what do you hoard? Uh, I'm not a big hoarder. You know, I keep it pretty, I keep it pretty efficient. I don't, I, I throw stuff out quite a bit and, mm-hmm. and uh, we just had a, you know, before I moved, obviously threw a ton of stuff out. So now traveling really. So like, you don't like but keep I do. all your comic books that you buy? Comics are, yeah, I guess the, is, is there a difference between hoarding and like collecting? Is that, a, if we're saying, if we're saying that nope. like, because I do collect comics. Every hoarder thinks they're a collector. I'm, I'm, I'm collecting all these old newspapers. But my, they're they're like, hoarder. they're like bagged yeah. up and they're putting a, they're putting a box. There's like a place firm in the, ba- in the basement. So they're, so they're there. I was going to say well, one that would maybe count. That's not really people think of when they think of hoarding, but like tabs, like like tabs on my browser, like I'll get around to reading that someday. I'll definitely, yeah, I got to come back and check that one out later. And then at some point I'll log out, like my computer starts 
whining at me like like it's barely and i look oh i've for the past three weeks i've i've somehow amassed 200 articles that i'm definitely going to read this weekend when i have a minute <laughs> and will not never it's not yeah. happening we'll never do gabs what do you hoard uh for sure beauty products like i'm i recently tried to clean out my cabinet and i'm like nope i need this lipstick from cvs from back when i was 16 I'm definitely going to use it someday. <laughs> I don't know why. I, well. <laughs> I well, it's it's just it, I have a I have different bags for different things, but yeah, beauty products for sure. My husband is so sick of it. <laughs> That's funny. All right, well, there's a lot more where that came from, but this was good. Get to know this cast. Uh, like we said, next week Derek and Jamie should be back, so that'll be fun. To catch up with them as well. All right. Before we wrap things up, uh, just a little couple of housekeeping notes. I want to remind you to go check out the summer issue of Relevant. Not only will you uh, be able to read our full conversation with Dr. Caroline Leaf, uh, we so glad she joined us on the show today, but we have a cover story with Naomi Rain from Maverick City Music. We have Rain Wilson. Oh, Rain theme. Look at that. Uh, we have John Favreau, um, some great artists, uh, great think pieces. Uh, so much to check out. Uh, it is presented for free at relevantmagazine.com by World Vision. Thank you for their support. Uh, go check that out. And also, if you are a subscriber to Relevant Plus, your premium tablet and mobile editions are available in your account dashboard when you log in at the site. Um, the enhanced ad-free version of the magazine. If you aren't a Relevant Plus subscriber, sign up. You get an ad-free advanced copy of this podcast. You get an exclusive subscriber podcast, Relevant Plus Conversations, ad-free, unlimited reading at relevantmagazine.com, and like I said, the enhanced digital magazine, plus more surprises throughout the year. You can go find out all the information at the website. Plans start at as low as $250 a month. Go check it out. We'd love the support. We think you'll like it. It's Come on, it's ad-free, bunch of stuff. The best way to experience Relevant. Also, if you like the show, Tell people about it. Wherever you listen, rate it, review it. Uh, help help us get word out. I've been doing this, what, 17 years now? <laughs> Still trying to get word out. There you go. Uh, go check it out. If you like the show, we love the feedback. We love hearing from you and seeing that. Um, also, make sure to follow Relevant on all the socials. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, all day, every day. We're posting our content. Uh, Instagram, we're ramping it back up. TikTok, we're going to be ramping back up too. We got busy. Leave us alone. It's been a busy summer. All right. On that note, we'll wrap things up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Tyler Huckabee. I'm Gabrielle Griffin. We will see you next time. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at RelevantMagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on the Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at RelevantMagazine.com. I've converted mine to run on nothing but pecans. I'm trying to do something right for the environment. Relevant Podcast Network. 
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.